hello, hello, and welcome to my podcast, That Show Fucked Me Up. It is I, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, your host, Mariel Vizcarra. Cue in the applause. What is up, Fucked Up fam? It's your girl. You already know the drill, but if you don't, here it goes. That Show Fuck Me Up is a podcast where I talk about TV shows that fuck me up. Really self-explanatory, straight to the point. This is season 11, where I'm covering Skins UK first generation, or the first season. Um, And this is episode... What episode is this? Is this, is this episode 7 already? Yeah. Episode 7 of season 11, that is ludicrous not the artist but like the word that means crazy <laughs> just if anybody needed clarif- fucking clarification i also curse a lot if this is the first time listening in i curse so much if that bothers you maybe this podcast will not be your cup of tea but that's okay look right read a sermon at the beginning of the episode wow look I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but those that are part of like the niche, 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 niche. How do you pronounce niche? Niche? (laughs) Bro. (laughs) This is what you're in for. If you're a listener, you're in for mispronunciation, cursing, um, delusional nonsense, unfiltered thoughts, comedy gold what else could you ask for like literally what else could you ask for but let's end the sermon right there uh hi hello how are y'all doing if y'all are wondering i survived my surgery (laughs) for those of you that are not aware i had surgery recently i was a little scared i was a little anxious because this is the first time i've been put under tell me why the recovery was so fucking easy i was like is this it Like, I thought I was going to be in more pain. Like, I was literally, I was never in pain after my surgery. Um, And then I was out of, I like, I didn't have to go to work. I put in some, like, sick leave. It was great. It was great not having to do anything and just vibe. Um, my Like, I went back home so, like, my parents could take care of me. But there was literally nothing to take care of. It was great. I enjoyed it. I very much had a, jo- a jolly old time what else what else so yeah i survived thank god it was really okay so i want to talk about something that happened like before the surgery so whatever my surgery was at like 9 30 i get there at 7 30 they like do all the like routine like there needs to be like it's the process is crazy right you get there you first things first they put you in this little room they're like okay here are these towels or these like wet cloths or like wet wipes kinda and they're like okay there's six wipes in this bag you have to use all six of them but like one wipe per area of your body so you're basically like taking a bath with wipes by yourself and then you change and then they put in the the thingy into your vein what is that called what is that called i don't fucking know so you do that and then they tell you they take They gave me like a little pill to get ready for it. And then they come and will they will me to like, I guess it's the like the waiting room, but it's just like you're in a bed and you're just vibing there. And I was just on my phone having a jolly old time. And then they put like these sensors in me and I was like, oh my God, I feel so naked. Um, Well, not in me, like (laughs) they didn't put them inside me. It was like, they're on me, like four sensors. I think there were four like, uh, like on my chest and then under my titties, like closer to my stomach. I don't know. And then they wheeled me into surgery. Well, the anesthesia people came to talk to me and I was like, <laughs> and they're like, you might feel nauseous. Like you might puke, whatever. Everyone reacts to anesthesia like differently. And they kept asking me if I had sleep apnea, like Everyone, like, basically asked me the same questions, like, when was the last time you ate or drank anything? Do you have sleep apnea, blah, 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 blah. I get to surgery, and they're, like, making me breathe oxygen, and they're, like, oh, do you want any music? And I'm, like, can you put Silvana Estrada? 
and then they they played Silvana Estrada before I like was put under and then I woke up in the recovery room and I was like kind of like what's going on you know and I got really like sentimental and I got teary-eyed but I didn't want to cry because the nurse was there and then I asked her the same question twice and then she was like you already asked that and I was like okay bitch I'm sorry like what like you don't have to be mean about it but everything went like came out perfectly um yeah so hopefully I never have a cyst again and if I do I'm suing everyone I'm suing every fucking one just kidding i won't um what else okay so i'm recording this on sunday november 19th um my friend one of my closest friends from high school got married this past weekend so it's great okay something you might not know about me i used to play basketball and i started playing basketball like in third grade like elementary third grade like started out as just going to basketball clinics to learn how to play and then i joined a travel team and then like i played in high school because of that i like have like over 15 year long friendships with most of the girls that i play basketball with so it's one of the girls that i played basketball with since i was like a little teen a little kid pre-teenager and it's she's the first uh like friend in our group to get married and she's also pregnant at the same time so friday was the wedding and everything was so beautiful she looked great like the like the place she got married at a rancho uh in mexicali where it was like on the outskirts of mexicali um and everything was beautiful however like around 11 40 it started pouring and it's an outside wedding so like it like things had to shut down like or like and a little sooner than expected and then the next day it's um i was i was just talking to my friends about it i'm like people that are not part of this like mexican culture will find it weird but like for mexican culture it's really normal to have like a pre-wedding party the wedding and then a post-wedding party and like they're all pretty big events so it was like the the post-wedding party the next day so yesterday saturday and then it was also the gender reveal for my friend's baby and she's having a boy and we're all super excited. It was a great event. And yeah, I'm just like, I'm so happy for my friends. And I just like, I know she's like the first one of the group to start getting married. Me personally, me personally, I don't think I'll, I want to get married, but like, you know, maybe just cause I haven't met the right person. But also for, and this is talking about myself, the thought of having to show my love in public makes me want to cringe. Like, I love other people. Like, I love going to weddings. I love people doing their thing if that's what they want to do. But me personally, I, <laughs> I don't know. It, maybe I'm just like awkward in that sense or like. Maybe I'm very just like, oh, like, no, like, this love is for behind closed doors because how I express my love is rated R. Just kidding, it's rated X. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I can't. Speaking of love, uh, I'm back on the apps. On the apps? In the apps. In the apps, right? I, why? Why am I like this? Um, the other day I texted Kelly, well, we were going to hang out and I'm like, I'm already on the Uber. And then I'm like, wait, never mind, not on, in the Uber, inside the Uber. She's like, girl, you didn't have to clarify. I understood. <laughs> and then she sent me like a gif of like someone like riding on top of a car. And I was like, that was literally me. But I'm back in the apps. How do I feel about it? I don't feel great, but I'm keeping a positive mentality. I just like. I'm such a better conversationalist in person, like, and I hate starting a conversation with a man, and I know, like, that's the whole thing of Bumble, um, but, you know, I'm putting myself out there, I'm trying to find a man, I'm, I need some consistency in my life, and I think, not that like having a man will bring me some consistency. I just want one. Like, okay. I just want someone to bring me hot Cheetos in the middle of the night. Is that too much to ask for? I just want someone to carry my groceries up because I'm too lazy to carry them up. And my huge five liter water jug. I've got to do that by myself. 
that is so not cute of me that I have to do it alone. Like, yes, Miss Independent, but there's limits. There's fucking limits. I'm very much in my masculine energy because I could do anything by myself and I'll be prosper and succeed. But sometimes I don't want to, you know. So I'm back in the apps. I'll keep you posted. I don't know how long it'll last because it's just like. Being in the apps is so time-consuming when I could just be on TikTok having a grand old time instead of, like, swiping left on almost everyone and just swiping right on, like, a few people. And I don't know. I just, I really, I really want to meet someone organically. And, yeah, those are all my personal updates. I believe uh podcast updates remember to give the podcast a five-star review it helps with visibility uh i am part of pods network pods is spelled p-o-d-z if you want to check out other podcasts in in the network go check them out at podsnetwork.com and let's move on to our recommendations corner so movies So last weekend, I was in a silly, goofy mood, and I was just like, I really want to watch this movie. And because it came up in Hulu, and it's called Fool's Paradise, and it's Charlie Day's first directorial debut. Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That movie, Fucked Up Fam, felt like a fever dream. That, oh, like... I I can't I can't even tr- explain it to you. Like y'all just gotta watch it. It was a good watch. I thought it was personally it for me. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good fucking watch. So I do recommend it. But just, I'm just letting you know from right like right away. Fever dream. Okay, okay. I felt like I lived a thousand lives watching that one movie. But it was fun. It's a fun like stupid movie to watch. And if you're under the influence, even better. Uh, Podcasts. So this is not a podcast, but Spotify now has free audiobooks or like a section for free audiobooks. And I started listening to Britney Spears' book, The Woman in Me. I feel so much for Britney. Like I'm only like maybe like seven chapters in. But like something that she said like broke me or um, and it was just like. The only thing that I wished for was for my dad to stop drinking. Oh, and she was a little girl. Like her emotions as a little girl was just like, I just wanted, like I, my only wish was for my dad to stop drinking. And it like, it broke my tiny little heart. TV shows. I'm watching the latest season of Law and Order. Uh, speaking of Law and Order, so one of the hosts from that that's messed up pod, um, Lisa Traeger. She's also a comedian. She's amazing. Actually, she was just in San Diego yesterday, and I'm so sad that I missed it. Uh, but again, it was my friend's wedding weekend, so it was for a good cause, and I got to catch up with all of my friends from high school, and it was very lovely. It had been years, years since we'd all been at the same place together, so it, it was it was just amazing to reconnect and just be together. And it's like no time had passed. But so Lisa Traeger... Uh, the co-host of that's messed up pod uh law and order svu podcast uh so she's coming out in a tv show on netflix i don't know if you all have heard about it but it's called survival of the thickest and she she plays like the weird white friend so good like i'm only a few episodes in but it's just like it's right up my alley like a girl trying to find herself after a relationship that took years of her lives and like not knowing who she is. And like, because she was always like, kind of like kind of uplifting her partner while she like kind of forgot about herself. So it's just like navigating the world through these new lenses of like the single life and like trying to get her not, you know, I think she's like, I'm a woman in like my forties and I'm trying to go back to dating and stuff like that. So it's a really, it's really refreshing. I do recommend it. And of course I'm supporting fucking Lisa Traeger. I adore her. Um, and I think that's it for the intro. So let's get started with today's episode. 
All right. Episode seven of Skins UK First Generation is called Michelle. So the episode opens up with Michelle staring at Tony fucking around with the guys like they're by the like the lawn outside the school. He's just like, you know, like fooling around, like pushing each other, blah, blah, blah. And then she sees Maxie um, and Tony share a cigarette and Michelle approaches them with a purpose. And then she punches Tony in the face and kicks him in the balls and tells him how she gave him time to be honest with her, but that his time is out and how she never wants to see him and his tiny cock ever again. And she storms off. Jal turns to Tony and she's like, what did you do this time? And then she asks Sid the same thing, like as if Sid would know. And Sid's like, I don't know. Jao runs, runs after Michelle and asks if Tony fucks someone else again. And Michelle is crying and she turns around and she's like, again? Jao tells Michelle all the girls that Tony has hooked up with while he and Michelle have been together. And it's a really long fucking list. Michelle is mad that Jao didn't tell her and she's more mad that Tony hooked up with Abigail. And Jao says how she tried to tell Michelle, but that Michelle never wanted to hear it. Michelle asks Jal if she also fucked Tony, and Jal tells Michelle not to be stupid, and Michelle is like, I bet you wanted to fuck him, and Jal just shakes her head and just walks away. Maxie approach, approaches Michelle and, and asks, he's like, don't tell anyone, and he explains that it meant nothing, and if they could just pretend it didn't happen, and Michelle asks him to please go away. We then see Angie and she answers her phone and she like yells into it and says how he needs to stop calling her and how it was lovely, but that he's never going to see it or lick it again. And she's screaming into the phone that it is over. And then she like looks down and notices Michelle is in the storage room drinking out of a bottle. So like she had walked into like the like the room where they keep all of the school supplies, whatever. So Michelle offers Angie a drink and Michelle asks who, she, asks who Angie was talking to and Angie says nobody. And then Michelle says how she's going to be sick and she throws up all over Angie's shirt and all over her own shirt. Cut to Michelle in the shower and Angie's finding some clothes for them to wear from her locker. Michelle is now out of the shower and Angie asks if she's going to tell her what happened and if it was possibly Tony. And Michelle bursts out crying and she's saying how she loves him so much and how she made him go away. And then Michelle's phone starts to ring and it's Tony and Angie tells her how it's best to talk to him because com communication is key. Michelle answers and yells at Tony to leave her alone. And at the same time, Angie's phone rings again and she answers it so that the person on the other line, aka Chris, can get the same message that Michelle is trying to give Tony. Michelle hangs up and Angie asks her if she needs a ride and Michelle tells her that she knows that Chris has been the one calling Angie and Angie tries to act dumb but at that very fucking same moment Chris barges into the locker room and he's going on about how Angie wants him and how she can't deny it and, he, and then he's excited to see Angie and Michelle dressed up like in the PE like cheerleader uniforms that Angie found for them to wear after Michelle had puked on both of their shirts. So it cuts to Angie driving uh, both uh, Michelle and Chris up home and she looks super uncomfortable. Angie says how she doesn't know why he like Chris couldn't catch catch the bus home. And he says cash outage and how he, he's like, and I wanted to see you. And Angie shuts him up since Michelle is in the backseat. Chris says how Michelle doesn't mind because she's got her own problems and shit. And Michelle tells him to shut up as well. Angie drops off Michelle and then it's just Chris and Angie and she's driving him and he says how it's okay and how he knows that she wants him and Angie says how it's not okay because he because she is his fucking psychology teacher and how she's not gonna do it again and then they stare at each other with passion and they begin to make out we then see Tony throwing rocks to Michelle's window and calling out her name and even reciting Shakespeare but Michelle is not answering and Sid appears and he asks Tony why he doesn't leave Michelle alone for a bit and how she and how he thinks he's a oh and how Michelle thinks that Tony is a tit. Tony disagrees and Sid asks why he keeps pulling all this shit and Tony argues how nothing ever happens in their shitty little town and how he's like you gotta improvise. Sid asks if he's got to hurt people in the process of improvising and Tony doesn't understand what the big deal is. 
Uh, Tony explains that he messed around with Maxie a bit because he was bored. Maxie was bored and Michelle was bored. And now they're not. And how she's going to feel so good when she gets him back. Tony continues to sh quote Shakespeare and he does it. He does it towards Sid and then Sid punches him in the face and he walks away. Cut to the morning and Malcolm, Michelle's stepdad, is in the kitchen slurping his cereal and Michelle stares at, stares at him with disgust. And Michelle's mom comes in and he tells her, uh, Malcolm tells Michelle's mom, I believe her name is Anna, that Michelle is doing it again. And her mom is like, please don't look at Malcolm in a funny way while he's eating. <laughs> Michelle asks if he always has to make that noise and Malcolm says how he's only eating for God's sake. Malcolm tells Michelle's mom how he has a shipment coming in today and he asks her for money and she hands it over to him like no hesitation. And Michelle asks her mom why she's giving him money and she explains that they're married and how she wants his business to do well. Malcolm exits the kitchen and Michelle's mom asks her why she's being so horrible. And Michelle's like, why do you care? And her mom is like, well, I do care, but I'm in a hurry, so make it fast. So I like, make the explanation fast. And Michelle tells her mom how she dumped Tony for going down on the guy from her history class while she was watching. And her mom is obviously not paying attention because she just tells, she's like, oh, just apologize to Tony. <laughs> and she also tells her to try to be nice to Malcolm. Uh, and she's like, what are you going to do today? And Michelle says how she's just going to lounge, lounge around the house in her underwear. And again, her mom asks her to try to be nice to Malcolm and how he's her husband now and that she loves him. Cut to Chris in class and his neck is full of hickeys. And Maxie comes in and he asks if the psychology teacher can do like did that. And Chris says how she can, but how he needs to keep that under wraps. And Tony comes in and his face is all fucked up because Michelle punched him and so did Sid. And when Michelle walks into the class, he's like, hey, Nips. But she ignores him and he, sa he says how people has have got issues. And if anybody else has any problems with him, they should just get it out. And a random girl goes up to Tony and slaps him across the face. And he and Tony's just like, better out than in. So Sid gets there and Chris asks what is going on and how he's like, it's like an episode of the OC in here. And Sid says nothing to just leave it alone. And then Angie gets there and Miss Thing is wearing a scarf and she's acting all weird. And Jao asks if she's all right. And Anwar asks why she's wearing a scarf. And Angie says how it's a bit drafty. And Maxie, uh, Maxie says how it does not really suit her. And then just Angie asks whoever's presenting first to just go. And Tony volunteers to present. And his presentation is titled, The Role of Sex in Power Relationships. <laughs> and Angie's like, I asked you to write about that? And Tony's like, yeah. And Tony continues, power is the single most important force in the universe. Money and looks mean nothing except for the power it gives us. The second most important thing is sex. So sex plus power equals fun. This triggers Michelle and she just storms out of the classroom. Angie looks at Tony and tells him that whatever he did to Michelle, uh, no, he's like, whatever you did that Michelle is too upset to talk about, she hopes that he is ashamed of himself. Maxie like speaks up and says how it was his fault and he stands up and says how he got he got off with Tony in Russia in the Russia trip and the class is all like gasping he continues and explains that he only did it because uh, it was when he fell off with Anwar because he said he hated gays so he got upset and Tony said that he would give him head to cheer him up and how it did not mean anything but he lost his head and then he gave him head and then they got deported from Russia and how he's really sorry for being such a slut <laughs> Angie's like right anyone else want to get something off of their chest Chris stands up and he's and he's about to say I'm in love with and Angie yells at him to sit down and he does. We see Michelle uh, walking alone smoking a cigarette and she sees Abigail like out on the lawn and she's flirt and she, and it looks like she's flirting with this guy and Michelle approaches her and Abigail is shocked to see her and Michelle asks if she can ask her something. Abigail's like, yeah, for sure. And Michelle is like, how many times did you fuck my boyfriend? And Abigail's upset that she's asking such a horrid question. And Abigail's friends seem disappointed in Abigail for like 
hooking up with someone that already had a girlfriend. And Michelle tells her how Tony fucks girls and boys. So she, she should not be worried. And for some reason, Abigail is mad at Michelle and she calls her an absolute bitch. Abigail keeps insisting how she did not fuck Tony and her friends quote-unquote believe her and she starts going off on Michelle and calls her a fat whore and how she wants to shit her and the guy holding uh, Abigail back tells Michelle that perhaps she should go because she's like agitating Abigail and the guy introduces introduces himself as Josh Abigail's brother and he is quite taken by Michelle's beauty so we see Michelle sitting in a bench by herself and she's looking at pictures of herself and Tony and she begins to delete them. Tony comes up to her and asks how long she's going to keep this up for and Michelle tells him how she never realized how knackering it is to know him. Michelle asks Tony to tell her that he loves her and Tony's like, you know I love you, Nips. Michelle's like, no, tell me like you mean it, like your world would stop turning if you're not next to me. And uh, Tony's like, doesn't think Michelle is serious. And Michelle's like, wrong answer. And she tells him to fuck off because she's busy. Now it cuts to Sid and he's trying to Photoshop Tony off of a picture of him, Michelle, uh, and, and then Tony. And he does it really badly. And then he goes to the next picture and it's a selfie of Cassie. And then he like like remembers that Cassie tried to kill herself and he calls her but the call goes straight to voicemail his doorbell rings and he goes to answer and it's Michelle and Michelle asks if he loves her like really truly loves her and Sid is like yeah and she asks how much and he's like a lot and Michelle says that'll do and she goes inside his house and Sid asks what's happening and Michelle lets him know that it's now so we see them sitting awkwardly next to each other in bed and Michelle asks him to go, like, to make a move. But Sid is like, no, you go first. <laughs> and then Michelle gets on top of him and begins to kiss him. And Sid is super awkward and he's trying to tell Michelle that his glasses are getting pushed. <laughs> and she takes off his shirt and she takes off hers as well. And Sid asks if they're going to practice safe sex. And Michelle says, all in good time. Michelle tries to go down down on him, but he's not getting hard. And he's he's like, oh, this is the first time that's ever happened. And Michelle tells her to grab her tits to try to get him hard. And Sid is like, I don't know, Michelle. And Michelle says how she will take off her bra. And Sid is trying to get her attention. And Sid explains that he has dreamt of that, of that very moment two times a day for the past eight years. And he's like, three times in my birthday. <laughs> Michelle asks if she was good in his, like, imagination and Sid says how she was but Sid explains how that right now it just feels funny because Michelle's his friend and he just stops grabbing her tits Michelle asks if he fancies someone else and Sid says how he thinks that he does and he asks if they're okay because them trying to hook up is not right when she's missing someone else too Michelle begins to cry and then her and Sid just hug like Sid is uh, comforting her and Sid's dad just walks into the room and he's asking if Sid has an extra razor he can borrow. And his dad is surprised and Sid tells him that it's okay and how Michelle is just upset. And then we see like Sid's dad like, okay, he like closes the door and we see him going down the stairs. And he's like, finally, as he takes out his phone to call his ex-wife and he's like, Liz, it's conclusive. He's not gay and he's super excited. So cut to Sid getting to the mental health institution where Cassie's at and Sid is hesitant to go inside but Michelle is, is like just because you made someone try to kill themselves doesn't mean you shouldn't visit. So they go into the garden area of the property and it looks like there's like a festival or something because all of the patients are outside having fun and mingling and Sid asks what they're doing and Michelle responds trying to be happy Sid like she's he's asking like what the patients are doing. So they see Cassie sitting in a bench on a bench <laughs> on the other side. And on the other side of the bench is a guy sitting next to her, but they're not talking. So there's like they're on opposite corners of the bench, not talking. So Sid and Michelle approach and Cassie's like, oh, wow. Hi. What a lovely surprise. Michelle asks how she's doing and Cassie says that she's doing great and she asks what they're doing there because visitors aren't allowed and Michelle says that they won't be too long and how Sid needs to tell her something 
Michelle leaves them alone, and Cassie says, Cassie says to Sid, wanna stroke my pussy? And Sid is confused, but then Cassie reveals a kitten sitting in her lap, and Sid just says, I'm sorry you tried to kill yourself because of me. And Cassie tells him that it's okay, and Sid continues and says how he has been an idiot, and Cassie agrees that he has. Sid says, I've realized something, and I was wondering if you can give me another chance. And Cassie's like, oh, wow, you're so lovely. But if I wasn't already going out with Simon, that would be amazing. Sid is like, Simon? And the, the guy next to Cassie is like, that's me. <laughs> so Cassie shares that her and Simon have so much in common. Depression, self-loathing, and how he already knows that their relationship won't get physical since she doesn't do that anymore. Sex. And Simon just says how he's still hoping she will change her mind and Cassie assures him that she won't. So Sid looks all disappointed and Cassie just continues to explain that her relationship with Simon is really exciting because he really wants her and how he will never have her and how it's just perfect. Michelle, we can see Michelle is just lingering by the food table and she sees one of the employees helping an elderly patient. And when he looks up, she notices it's Abigail's brother, Josh, who works at the institution since his mom owns it. Josh says how she could get in trouble but for being there, but the patient he is wheeling around tells him to leave the gal alone because she has tremendous thighs, and he agrees that she does, and he begins to wheel her away, and before he does, he asks Michelle out for coffee, and they agree to meet up the next day. So cut to Michelle getting home, and there are boxes everywhere, and Malcolm, her mom's husband, is looking through the boxes, and he tells Michelle that they shipped too many bongo dongo dogs. Michelle warns him to clean up his mess because her mom meets clients at their house on Tuesday, but he doesn't care. And Michelle asks why he's such a wanker. And Michelle tells him that she knows that he's using her mom, uh, and with mom and with her, and and that she's and that he's with her for her money, and how the that's the only explanation as to why her mom would look his way. Oh, Michelle's like the only reason my mom would ever look your way is if you have a huge cock. Uh, because then that's, she's like, that's the only reason she would waste her time with a tit like you. So Michelle's mom, Anna gets there and she yells out, hi, I'm back. And then she notices all the boxes and she's like, what the fuck are, are, what the fuck's going on? And she's, she lets Malcolm know that she has clients coming in eight minutes so that they could get a feel for her designs and fabrics, which are all covered by the boxes. Malcolm tells her how he could put some of his products out for her clients to see and his products the things that he's trying to sell are basically like porcelain animals like a giraffe and a dog etc but they're kind of like cartoony and Michelle's mom uh, Anna Michelle's mom is like you seriously think my clients would want to decorate their homes with these like she's being very condescending and Malcolm says how they would, uh, how they probably would, and she just screams to get those fuckers out of her house before she, and then she throws one and it shatters. So cut to Michelle in her room, going through her clothes in her closet, and in the room next to her, she can hear her mom and Malcolm arguing, and he's telling her to keep her bitch hands out of his things, and she tells him to keep keep his shit out of her house, and he he starts talking shit about Michelle, and he calls her Anna's stupid daughter, and to better keep her out of his face. Anna's saying how everyone warned her about Malcolm, and how he was a useless, lacy fucker, and they start yelling, fuck you to each other, and Malcolm basically calls Anna a fat, big, fat, lardy ass, and then Michelle whispers to herself, goodbye, Malcolm. Anna barges into Michelle's room, and she says, she's like, Malcolm told me that you were rude to him. And she's like, go apologize to him. Michelle's like, I won't. And Anna's like, go and say you're sorry to my husband. So Michelle goes into the room and she looks at Malcolm and says, I'm sorry, Malcolm. I should not have said you have a big cock. I now realize that I was mistaken. And then she just walks out of the room. So she leaves Anna and Malcolm in the bedroom and Malcolm is like, that's not what happened. And Anna says how she knows because Anna knows that Malcolm does have an unfeasible large cock. And Malcolm agrees and Anna gets on top of him and says, well, get it out then, bondo dongo boy, because I'm ready to make up. And she begins to kiss her husband. 
We then see Michelle on her date with Josh, and she's going on about how Malcolm is her third stepdad in seven years and how he's 27 years old and that she finds it disgusting. And Josh, Josh thinks how it's better than his mom. Uh, she, no, he, he's like, it's better than your mom has someone instead of being alone. And Josh overshares that his mom has probably not gotten laid in 10 years, and that is why she's completely nuts. Nuts. A psychotic basket case, even though she is a child psychiatrist. <laughs> Michelle tells him that it's nice to have someone to talk to because her last boyfriend, a.k.a. Tony, never really spoke to her. And Josh asks how that works, and she says that it's hard to explain because everything Tony says, you never know if it's a joke or an insult. Uh, Josh sympathizes with Michelle and says how it seems like Tony really wore her out, and she agrees that he did, and how Josh really knows how to get her talking, and he says how he is the son of a psychiatrist, so he does this every day. Michelle asks if his mother ever psychoanalyzes him, and he and he, he takes out some of his pres like a prescription bottle, and he describes his condition: unstable with neuropsychotic tendencies, and how he takes the pills and keeps his mom happy, and how it also like taking the pills also keeps him happy too. Michelle says how he really is upfront, and he says how it's the way that you should be. Michelle asks Josh if he wants to get out of there, and he asks where to, and she tells him that to get a few drinks, and he, agree and he agrees. Uh, as they're going down the steps, Michelle is like, fuck the drinks, let's go to my place. And then they walk past someone reading the paper, and when he hears Michelle's voice, he puts it down, and it's to Tony, and he seems upset that Michelle's already going out with someone. Cut to Tony out in the lawn and he sees Abigail after school and Abigail goes up to him and she says how she heard that he dumped the slut that he uh, and um and she, that he was waiting. What, what did I write here? And oh, and Tony says how he and Michelle were not in the same intellectual intellectual level like the one that him and Abigail are in. So Tony asks Abigail if he will help him with his photography project, and he calls it the study of the human form and how it's an in-depth study. Abigail calls it interesting, and she asks when he was thinking of starting the project because she's completely free right now, and he's like, cool, my place, and they both start walking. So cut to Josh and Michelle and Michelle's bed making out after having sex and he tells her that she's lovely and then they cuddle and she picks up the covers and asks if he thinks uh, if he thinks one of her tits is bigger than the other. And he's confused by the question, but Michelle just tells him to forget it. So Josh reaches, reaches over for his prescription pills and Michelle asks if he really needs to take them and he says that he does and how he gets a bit wobbly if he doesn't. So Michelle tells him that he should try not taking them, and Josh lets her know how she would not like him if he stopped taking those pills, and Michelle says how she thinks she would. So they hear a noise, and Josh asks who that is, and Michelle gets stressed to go check, check it out because she thought everyone was out, and when she goes down the stairs, she finds Malcolm with his luggage, and he's walking out. Malcolm tells Michelle how he thought she was at college today and he was trying and he was trying to sneak out without anyone seeing him and michelle says that uh, that out of all of her mom's marriages this one has been the shortest malcolm says how he does not have to explain this to her and michelle agrees that he doesn't and he tells michelle to tell anna how he's sorry and how he just couldn't do it malcolm actually looks genuinely upset and he tells uh michelle he, he hands Michelle one of his, like, dogs, porcelain dogs, and he's, like, something to remember me by. And Michelle drop, like, drops it on the floor, and she's, like, oops, so careless. And she's, like, goodbye, Malcolm, before going back upstairs. So cut to Tony staring at pictures that he took of Abigail, and he's transferring them to his phone. And then we see that Tony is stalking Michelle and Josh as they're out on a date. And a guy bumps into Josh and steals his, his phone without him noticing. And then he hands the phone to Tony. We then see Tony transferring the pictures that he took of Abigail into Josh's phone. So Abigail's brother's phone. And the pictures, the pictures are scandalous. So back in Michelle's day, Josh is giving her flowers and sending her on her way in a taxi. And at the same time, Tony is sending Abigail's pictures to Michelle from Josh's phone. So whatever she's on the taxi in the taxi and like she like she's on the taxi's already driving, like Josh is left wherever their date is at. 
So she receives, uh, she's receiving Abigail's pictures from the guy that she's currently dating. So, and then we see Michelle burst out into tears in the taxi. Michelle calls Jell and she's like crying and explaining what just happened. And Michelle's asking why he, Josh would do that. And Jell is so confused because she doesn't know who the fuck Josh is. And Michelle is like, he warned me that he was fucking crazy. And Jell just doesn't know how to like comfort her. We then see Michelle getting to her house and her mom is sobbing and she's saying how she's fine and that she fucked it all up again because she's too loud, too impatient and too clever and because she's just happy being herself and she calls herself a cow with a big bum and Michelle says how her bum is not that big and she hugs her mom. Anna says how she never felt tired around Malcolm and how she felt good and now he's gone because she he's a scaredy cat. Michelle says how she's sorry and Anna continues to cry. And she says how she really loved having sex with Malcolm. <laughs> it then cuts to Malcolm drinking away his sor sorrows at the bar. And we see that Jell is at the same bar waiting for Michelle. Michelle gets there and Jell tells Michelle how she's very sorry and they hug. Jell asks her to let her see the pictures and Michelle gives her the phone. And she's like scrolling through them. And Michelle says how Josh warned her that his family was screwy. And Jell says that taking beaver shots of your own sister is really fucking crazy. Jell tells Michelle to delete them. And she asks if she's, if uh, Josh has tried to ring her. And Michelle says that he has about a thousand times. And Jell tells her not to fall for his lies. And she's like, do you want a drink? <laughs> so Michelle goes up to the bar and she sees Malcolm. And she asks how he's doing. And he says that he's not doing so well. And she asks, um, and she asks why, and Malcolm says how, because he misses Anna's big mouth and her big bum. Michelle is like, "Watch it! That's your mom. That's my mom you're talking about." And Malcolm explains that he always blows it, and how he just gets jumpy, and how he's a wanker. He asks Michelle if Anna misses him, and at first she says no, but then he gets all sad, and she tells him the truth, but he, and that she does miss him. But Michelle tells him not to mess it up again and how he needs to decide between staying there at that bar or going back to win her mom back. And she warns him. And uh, what? what did I write here? And she warns him not if he does go back, not to go back on it. Or like not to like fuck up again. So Michelle and Malcolm are outside of her house and she fixes him up before he goes inside. And before he does, he calls Michelle a proper girl and he kisses her on the cheek. And it's like, like, just like a friendly kiss on the cheek. Tony gets there and he's like, hello, Nips. And how he heard pervy about pervy boy and how he really needs to figure out. He's like, oh, Josh really needs to figure out how to use a phone and, and how to like not press the send all feature. Michelle says how Tony is probably right, and Tony um, asks if they can, can stop this now and go back to normal, and Michelle lets him know how stuff happens, and then you get over it, and Tony's like, yeah, but, and Michelle just mocks him, she's like, yeah, but, and he tells her that she, she got nasty, and she agrees, and asks him what he's doing there. Tony tells her, I came here because it turns out, as it goes, I think I might love you. And Michelle points out how that is an awfully long sentence. Michelle scoffs and she turns around to go back inside. And Tony says how he said it and how he's sorry. And Michelle asks him to beg. And he's confused. But she's like, you heard me, Tone. And he obliges. And he's like, please, can we get back? I won't do anything of it again. The cheating and the lying. And Michelle interrupts him and that's undermining, sneering, taunting, manipulating. And Tony agrees that he will stop all of those things and he promises and Michelle just stays quiet. And then Tony asks, so? And Michelle gets really close to him and caresses his face. And then she says, I'll see you around as she walks back inside. End of episode. All right, Fucked Up fam, let's get started with our segments beginning with that character fucked up. Yes, they did. So, I I don't understand why Jao is like, oh, did Tony hook up with someone else? Like, with someone, no, what was the exact wording that she used? She was like, 
who else who else did oh who did he fuck now i think and michelle's like what do you mean and then jow just went through a list of like names of 10 different girls like i don't understand why jow just didn't tell michelle and she's like oh i tried honey you didn't try hard enough if you know if you know okay this is just like the girly code of conduct this is the rule book of being a good girly friend okay here it goes. Here it goes. If you know that your girlie's boyfriend or partner is fucking everyone and you stay quiet, you're complicit, darling. You're being complicit. You're one of his bros. Not You're not a good friend. It's different if it's an open relationship, but like if you know they're in a close relationship, that's funny. If you know they're like in a committed monolingual, no, that's not the right word. <laughs> Just in a committed, committed, in a committed one-on-one relationship, and you know they're out here swinging dick, swinging dick here, swinging dick there fucking everything that moves literally that's tony like he even tried to hook up with maxi just for the for the sake of it just because he was bored i think you owe it to your girly pop to let her know that her man's is cheating on her i think that's literally bare minimum behavior like that's bottom of the barrel like that's the least you can do for your friend there's a different thing though there i know or not well well not me personally but i know my mom has told me that some of her friends have said out loud like if my husband is cheating on me and you catch him cheating on me i don't care don't tell me like they they are okay with being oblivious and i respect that i think oblivion is bliss my darling i think that Honestly, the, the saying, what doesn't know won't hurt you, is true. Yes, it it will devastate you when you find out. Especially, it will fucking destroy you that multiple people knew and no one said anything. But what you don't know at the moment, it won't hurt you. So, I guess it's it also has to do with, does your friend want to know? It's like, I feel like it's conversations you got to have. Like... If you could be like hypothetical, <laughs> if you had a boyfriend and they cheated on you, would you want to know? Actually, I don't know if you know who Sh- Shara Shira is on TikTok, but she kind of is like married to like a sh- uh, rich man, and like that's her whole thing. Like she's teaching women how to find husbands that are rich and not like broke man. <laughs> and she's like someone asked her like during one of her lives they're like what would you do if your husband james is unfaithful to you and she's like i'm not with james for infidelity <laughs> like she's she literally said i'm here to collect my bag and that's it so i feel like there's different mentalities you know i feel like we've been programmed to believe that there's only one type of relationship but there's really not there's beneficial relationships and there's just relationships where you're in love and maybe your your partner might stray. I've actually been thinking a lot this about this a lot, and I don't think men are capable of being fully faithful. Like I just think it's in their DNA, like to be unfaithful. Like their daddies cheated on their mom, and their grandfathers cheated on their grandma, and their great grandfathers cheated on their great grandma. Like it's a cycle that they're not willing to break because men don't want to heal. I, wow, I just got so philosophical. They're they're not ready to break those generational chains, those those traumatic, those uh the traumas that have been passed on from generation to generation, because they when their when their daddies cheated on their mom, they saw how they saw how much it hurt their mom, and they still are not willing to change. Let the trash take itself out, honey. Um. Yeah, I just went on a tangent with that. But be a better friend. Like, Jell, you you had been doing so great. Like, I was rooting for you every episode. You were getting Savage of the Week. Like, but this this week, Jell, and I know some, like, 
maybe you think that your girly pop doesn't want to know, but like Michelle is like, oh, Tony can do no wrong, honey. Honey, <laughs> he literally hooked up with a man right in the same room that you were in. That man does not love you. Ah, he does not love you. Okay. Also, but then Michelle kind of like, when she was like, she got a little paranoid when Zhao was like, oh, like he fucked all these, these girls I thought you knew, or like, I tried to tell you. And then Michelle was like, you probably fucked them too. First of all, Jal is disgusted by Tony's behavior. She would never. Yes, did she fuck up by not telling you? Uh, yes, I agree. Would she fuck Tony? No. She wouldn't go that low. <laughs> no, Michelle. Michelle, no. <laughs> I was going to say no one wants her man, but like a lot of women in the Skins UK universe want her man. Who told me recently? They're like, Tony's kind of weird looking, but in like a hot way. Like an alien, but hot. Also, when are aliens coming? I Wasn't there this like huge talk like aliens are real? When are they coming? Are they hot? Are they going to broaden the dating pool? Are they going to join dating apps? Do, are they rich? <laughs> if you're an alien and you're listening, hi. Hola, what language do you speak? Me, 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 me. <laughs> I need to, does Duolingo offer alien language? Like, I need to get, I need to get ahead of the game. Like, <laughs> I can't, I can't with myself. Why am I like this? Okay. Chris becoming obsessed with that pussy. Sir. Well, ah. Uh, it's because it's not Chris's fault. It's Angie's fault for having sex with a 17-year-old. And obviously, when you fuck someone that's sometimes older than you and they have more experience and they know how to use their God-given gifts, like I know how to use my God-given gifts. Aliens, you listening? Hi. <laughs> obviously, he's going to be obsessed with the pussy. I'm just like, I don't know. I, again, this was, this is complicated topic for me. And then Angie continuing to hook up with him. She's like, literally, Angie is God's weakest soldier. Weakest fucking soldier. She's like, no, I'm putting my foot down. You are not going to touch it. You're not going to taste it. You're not going to lick it. And then five seconds later, they're making out in the car. Also, hickeys? Me and my friend Kelly were recently talking about how hickeys are so... Uh, they just at least try to hide them. Like, Angie at least wore a turtleneck, but my dude, Chris, like... Growing up, I was told, like, by my parents that, like, oh, hickeys are a way to show, like, possession over someone. Like, oh, yeah, I had sex with that person last night, and they're mine. Um, and they actually look really bad. Like, it looks really, really bad. <laughs> Have I had to hide hickeys in the past? Absolutely. But I was, how old was I? Like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. But now I'm 28. Just kidding. <laughs> and I've learned and I've grown. No, I don't think I've had hickeys for like probably like five years. I don't know, dude. Like I was going to say something, but that was uh, that was way too much of a TMI. That was way too much of a TM fucking I. I don't want to share that. <laughs> I don't want that information out there. <laughs> also, why is Tony such a fucking asshole? He, why is he so not self-aware? I think I've discussed it. I don't know if like in like previous episode or in episodes that are already recorded, like, I am so self-aware. Like, if I fucked up and I hurt someone, I would be so ashamed. And this dude is just out and about. He's like, hey, Nips, as if he didn't break this girl's heart. And then, like, 
when he's trying to explain himself to Sid, it's just like his way of thinking is so irrational. Like he thinks he's better than everyone. And I think it's that narcissistic, sociopathic tendencies. I don't know. Again, that's therapy like terms. And I'm not really sure how to apply them here. But from my brain, my mind thinks it has to do with his like, um, what are those called? Are they like personality, personality traits? I don't know. Like, I just don't get it. Like, how do you hurt someone that loves you and be like, I was bored. Maxie was bored. She was bored. Y'all are all fucking boring. I was just trying to spice up our lives a little bit. I'm sorry. Like, what? I can't. I can't. I can't. Um, I, I was really, well, obviously this episode has to deal, like, deals with Michelle, and we get to see a little bit of her home life, like, in some of, one of the previous episodes, like, the food fight, was it the food fight episode inside Michelle's house? We get to see, like, her mom just got remarried to someone that's way younger than her, like, Michelle mentions in this episode, he's, like, 27, 28, her mom looks like she's in her 50s. That's like her third or fourth stepdad in the last two years. There's a lot of in, like instability in her life with her mom. And I feel like maybe Michelle has had to be a parent to her mother. Because first of all, who's getting married all these times? Like, honey, if the first marriage didn't work out, if the second marriage didn't work out, why? what is this obsession with getting married? Why can't you just date? Why does it have to be like a legal thing? I like... I don't understand. Maybe I'm just like really not for the concept of marriage or maybe like I just don't understand it or like I've never loved someone enough to be like, uh, I, why did I moan? <laughs> I've never want to be, been like, uh, I want to marry that person. But like, I don't get it, especially when you have a teen daughter and she's so like imperson impersonable impressionable sorry those words you see my <laughs> english is my second language there are some words that look and sound very similar i am so sorry if i misuse them um it's i and then bringing in man i'm all, i'm really against the idea of just bringing in man to an environment where you have a teen daughter and just being okay with like having them around her when she's alone like oh like that's terrifying to me and moms and the people that I, I know that I have done that in the past I'm just like are you fucking dumb like you're le literally letting this strange man in the same house as your teen daughter uh have y'all ever heard about fucking grooming have you ever heard of any man being good? <laughs> um, in that show, fuck me up. Um, we slander man, and we embrace it. Okay. Yes, I know. Not all man. Not all man. Show me which one. Show me which one. Where? where i'm literally i look like fucking psychotic just like in my room talking into this mic and looking around me like trying to find which man is is like um not part of the problem uh but besides the point irrelevant just anna and then anna taking malcolm's side like her husband's side like after like arguing with him she comes to like michelle's room and she's like I heard you were being nasty to Malcolm. Go apologize to him. And like, what? I don't I don't understand women that choose their husband or their boyfriends over their children. And then, like, literally, obviously, Michelle is going through something. And she wants to tell her mom early in the episode. Her mom's like, can you hurry up? I got shit to do. <laughs> Emotionally unavailable mothers are the root of all heartache. Am I right, fucked up fam? Am I fucking right? Also, <laughs> Michelle trying to hook up with Sid. So, the concept of hooking up 
with your ex-boyfriend's best friend for revenge. Iconic. We, lo we love, we stand. Hit him where it hurts him the most. You know? You've done it. I've done it. We've all done it. <laughs> That's a generalization, obviously. We've, we've all haven't done it. Not all of us have done it. If it's his brother, better. If it's his father, even better. Because in this podcast, not only do we slander men, but we support we support women's rights and women's wrongs, okay? So when my girly pop gets her heart broken and she wants to go out and, and fuck her ex-boyfriend's brother, her ex-boyfriend's BFF, her ex-boyfriend's father, I'm going to support that. Am I wrong? Maybe. Do I give a fuck? Absolutely fucking not, my dear. <laughs> It's getting late and I'm getting more delusional by the fucking minute. But it's just like, obviously, Michelle is hurting. Sid is like confused about his feelings for Cassie. It doesn't work out because you can't force it, right? Like if it would have happened organically where they're just like hanging out, they're talking about their feelings, like it just happens, maybe a little drink, maybe a little weed, like, you know, if the mood is right, and the vibes are vibing, the sex is going to happen with two consenting adults. Well, obviously, they're not adults. With two consenting individuals. But if it's forced, like Michelle gets her, she's like, you love me? Yeah? It's happening. Get upstairs. Get hard. You're not getting hard. Grab my tits. You want me to take up my bra? Like, no, no, no. It's too, like too commanding, too militaristic. I don't know if that's a word. I, that's probably not a word. Again, again, English, second language. Um, so yeah, it just, it's not going to happen like that. It's not, well, sometimes maybe it will, but not for Sid, especially it's his first time. Sid's a virgin. He hasn't even gotten his dick wet. So it, it it's, awkward but then like the realization of like Sid being like Michelle like you're missing someone else and I'm missing someone else and we're friends and like him comforting her like that was sweet also his dad being like yes he's my son is not gay let me call his mom <laughs> and oh my god Tony 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 first of all child pornography like I don't know what the, and we're not going to go into the whole Google hole again, because then I'm going to start spiraling and I'm already spiraling, but like child pornography, you go and take sexy pictures of this underage girl. Again, I don't know what the underage age or what's considered underage in England, in Britain, in Britannia. That's not a word. <laughs> no, it is. It is a word. <laughs> but and then that's fucking disgusting genius but disgusting and i don't condone it the fact that i'm starting to speak with an english accent iconic uh, <laughs> but i could only do it when i'm by myself speaking into my mic if you tell me to speak with an accent on the spot i'm gonna freeze and i'm gonna make a fool of myself but how, like, where the fuck does Tony, where the, did he get this idea, this horrible fucking idea? The trauma that he caused all the way around, not only for Abigail having her nudes leaked to everyone, not only to Josh having the whole world think that he took naked pictures of his sister and that they might have a sexual incestuous relationship going on because Abigail looks very willing in those pictures. She's like, she's like very like, um, como se llama? What's her name? In Titanic, she's like, take a picture of me, like paint me daddy, but like take a picture of me daddy. Um, obviously, Kate Winslet did not use the word daddy in Titanic. You're going to be like, what fucking version of Titanic are you seeing? <laughs> but Tony is fucking disgusting. And then Michelle 
thinking that this new guy she found who she thinks is great and who she feels like she could have a fucking conversation with took pictures of his sister and has an incestuous relationship with his sister and she just had sex with him and now she's like obviously won't trust any other man and she's like well we're probably all thinking like oh well since josh did that to her she's probably going to go back to tony because the the worst of or the best of two evils is that the saying i always try to say do like remember sayings but i don't quite remember them how they're supposed to go but I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. Because Josh, like Abigail, Abigail has issues. Abigail has some rage issues she needs to like work through. But Josh seems kind of normal up to this point, right? Like, you know that he takes his like pills for her to like stabilize him, but he seems like a good guy. Is it his villain origin story? <laughs> Not to spoil anything, but yes. Absolutely fucking yes. And let's see. Savage of the Week Award. Michelle. Michelle. The fact that Tony comes back at the end of the episode and he's like, you know, let's stop with this little game. Like, I think I might possibly be fucking in love with you. And Michelle is like, oh, that sentence was way too loud. You could have just said, I'm in love with you. I think I might be. No, sweetie. You're thinking about it too much. She makes him beg. He begs. She gets really close to his face. Like, and she's like, it looks like she's about to kiss him. And she's like. Good night. Ah, oh, queen, iconic, iconic behavior. I stand. We all stand. Um, yeah. I think Queen Michelle did it this episode. This episode, she came through. She came through, and not only for like herself, but for her mom. She saw her. Her mom was struggling after Malcolm left, and then she like was the bigger person, and she like ran into Malcolm and told him like bro, my mom misses you, you miss her, like, don't fuck it up, just, like, be together, just be mature about it, and, like, she took that step, even though she doesn't necessarily like Malcolm, but still, I, I can appreciate that, um, and I think that's it for today, fucked up fam, that's the end of the show, um, or the episode, or whatever you want to call it, so you already know the drill. Follow the podcast on social media on Instagram where that show effed me up. F is spelled E-F-F-E-D. Um, and follow me on Twitter or the podcast on Twitter. It's that D-A-T show fuck me up. Fuck this spelled without the U. So it's F-C-K-E-D. Give the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And if you can leave a, a written review, even better. Next time I see you, I'll give you a little kiss on the mouth. Mwah. And if you leave a really good, I'll add a little tongue. <laughs> and if you're an alien, even better. <laughs> but yeah, leaving a review uh, helps with disability it helps with the algorithm it helps more people join the fucked up fam and become part of the shared psychosis that we all experience every time y'all listen to an episode of that show fuck me up all right well and remember be gentle be kind and don't be an asshole unless you absolutely have to be Goodbye.